0: Awesome. All right. Then I'll record the Zoom as the backups. Here comes Scary Lady.
2: Recording in progress. There she
0: is. up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm joined by my trusted co-host, the Jimmy Butler having dreadlocks last year at Media Day, to Jimmy Butler dressing up as an emo bassist this year at Media Day. It's Adam Mamawala. Adam, how's it going?
2: Gosh, protect Jimmy at all costs. I mean, honestly, at first, I didn't even think it was emo. I thought he was going for, like, the Karen haircut. Some people thought that at
0: first, Mm -hmm. but I think with the piercings and him saying that this was his emotional state, Mm -hmm. then I think that made it pretty clear. And then some other people were coming up with puns about it. Someone called him ball out boy. Yeah. I saw another one that was panic at the free throw. So really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. Jimmy Heat World. I didn't see that one. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even have to change the Jimmy. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. So... It was great, and now for at least the next season, every time they use the official photo, because that's what happens at Media Day, they do hype videos and stuff that they use in like social media promos or on the jumbotrons of the arenas or whatever. But also, if you take a photo, then it gets used... I think for the rest of the season, even if you get traded, I think they just kind of like Photoshop the New Jersey on. But it'll be on ESPN. It'll be on Basketball Reference. It will be on your fantasy sports things.
2: Yeah, it's on when you do Immaculate Grid, which I think is tied to Basketball Reference. His ridiculous yep. dreadlock photo from last year comes up. It right. actually reminds me, there's a comic that I know, uh, this guy named Jono Zale Very funny dude. But for many years, he would do this running bit where anytime he had to replace his driver's license or passport photo, he would do something like truly unhinged. I'll find links to it because it's very, very funny, but that's both like very funny, but also for an actual ID, kind of a risky move.
0: Yeah. Now I could probably guess this by his first name, but I'm guessing this man is white.
2: He is white.
0: Yeah. I think it's a little easier to have tricky ID, airport, passport situations, sure. whereas my roommate in college, Omar, who mm-hmm. is Pakistani, yeah. would shave the morning before every flight Naturally, so that he yeah. wouldn't get randomly checked. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do think there is more leeway for a white person's idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Now, before we can talk about all things basketball, we've got to get prepared, and we've got to make our emo Pete Wentz little hot iron comb overs. And you know where the best place to do that is? It's
2: the Teal Memorial Locker Room. And honestly, you have the hair for it. I mean, you could do it if you wanted to. I, I don't uh... have enough hair.
0: I really could. I really could. I just wouldn't want to, I've never done anything that would damage my hair. Mm. I've never dyed it. I have never curling ironed it. I have never flattened ironed it. I care too much about the health of it, mm. but maybe I could find a way to to do it that looks like it, but not necessarily damage it in the full way.
2: Yeah, I don't think you need it to be black to have the emo effect. Like you have long enough hair that if you cover one of your eyes with it, it's Mm going to do the trick.
0: Yeah, I could do it. If I let it grow out a little bit and then just kind of, yeah, I could go for that for sure. Now, two more locker room. They've got all the stuff that you need. And of course, the healthiest versions of all of the things. You know who else has wonderfully healthy
2: hair? I have to assume our patrons. And, And particularly, you know, we've got some upgrades. We've got a new producer level patron. They must have great hair.
0: Yes. So shout out to Thomas Lucian, who upgraded his pledge. And then shout out to our newest producer-level patron, Christine Rodriguez, a.k.a.
2: Chelsea's cousin. Mm -hmm. I believe
0: that there is a story behind this, as you told me before you recorded.
2: So what's up? There is a story behind this. We got a a nice message from Christine. Subject line said, I'm a patron. Yay. Yay, indeed. The message said, hey, four Y's." So I'm pronouncing it properly. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm finally living the dream and have become a producer-level patron of Horse. I love this podcast and love the NBA, as painful as it is. I am a devoted Blazers fan. Now, it makes me even sadder. This is me talking now, not
1: uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Christine.
2: This was 12 days ago. This was Christine describing pain before the actual pain that we are, of Mm -hmm. course, going Mm -hmm. to discuss with Dame Lillard being traded. But anyway, uh, Christine says, as painful as it is, I am a devoted Blazers fan. My dad delayed my birth in 1991 because of a Blazers playoff game. So you could say the universe made me this way. Now, Christine, we're going to need a lot more information about something that (laughs) honestly should be that actually happened. Uh, I'm not sure how a man delays a birth, but, you know, credit to your mom, Christine, for apparently being okay with delaying until after the game was over. In any case, the message continues. Anyways, I wasn't sure where to submit my patron name, but I would love to be referred to as Chelsea's cousin. What? Who the F is Chelsea? Well, Chelsea went to Rice with Mike, And they had (gasps) classes together. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I started listening to Mike's pods, that connection always kept me coming back. Shout out to Chelsea. Okay, yes, I
0: know Chelsea Rodriguez. It's one of those things where you see Christine Rodriguez and you see Chelsea's cousin, you're like, well, Chelsea's a common name and Rodriguez is a common name. So surely it's just a coincidence. But no, I know Chelsea Rodriguez.
2: Yeah, if you saw Christine Mama Walla, you'd be like, certainly that is someone who knows. uh, (laughs) But Rodriguez, I think, is more of a common name. That's... Very cool! Wow,
0: what a small, wonderful world we MD. all have. Well, thank you so much for the support. I very much appreciate that. We very much appreciate that, and we also very much appreciate the continued support of our producer level patrons: Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Salvatore Testa, Shavon Ellsbury, Dunko Chasing Taco Falls, Bang Bang, Roast Beef Debris. How about them World Champion Denver Steam Nuggets? Oh. And didn't we miss something where last episode they changed their name to, how about them, like NBA champion instead of world champion because two episodes ago. yeah, (laughs) Yep. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. So how about them world champion, I guess in quotation marks, Denver Steam Nuggets, Anna Reed, Steph Curry claims to eat Subway, but come on now. (laughs)
2: There's just no way.
0: There's no way. It's that way. It's not bang. good. Have I told you about my, my subway take that it's not food, it's just hunger deletion?
2: I think that checks out. Yeah.
0: It's like you're whenever you get Subway, you're a video game character and you're like, my hunger bar is red. I need to get it in the green. I will eat Subway. Like yeah. it serves a purpose. It's you know between five and ten dollars and you won't be hungry for a couple of hours. But it's not good, and it's certainly not food.
2: No, yeah. Eat the the slogan eat fresh feels ironic. The the slogan should just be eat. <laughs> <laughs> It is food, technically.
0: <laughs> yeah, or maybe yoga mats. Uh, continuing on. Hi, Trish. Nicole Shepard. Chase Underulo. Mr. Bubbles plays ball. Naked Rachel. Josh isn't rich. Sidney Crosby is a vampire. And now, Chelsea's cousin. How about that? How about that? You know
2: what else makes me say how about that? <laughs> probably ridiculing me over the number of tabs I have opened.
0: Oh, you knew I was going to do it. Yes, this episode is brought to you by Tab for a Cause. Tab for a Cause is a great way to turn something that could be embarrassing, having lots of tabs, into something that is actually good for the world. Mm-hmm. Because every time you open a tab with it, first you go to tabforacause.org horse. Then you install it. Then every time you open a tab, you get a heart, and then you can pick those hearts, you can donate them to charity, and then that tells Tab for a Cause where to donate their money. They raise funds through small ads that you might see on these homepages, but they're tucked away in the corner, and the pretty backgrounds are very pretty, and they support a lot of great organizations. Let's do a tab check right now. I've got two open. They're both for horse. How many do you have open?
2: Big day for you. I've got, uh, uh five. I got 14. Okay. Okay. That's respectable. Yeah. That's respectable. My baseline is 10. Like there's t- there are yeah. 10 that are just always up.
0: <laughs> well, if you want to turn your tabs into good, you can go to slash horse and get it installed. It takes just a couple of clicks and then boom, you can channel that energy into good. Cool. Now, before we continue the episode of Force, you're going to hear some other ads. Some of them will be read by us. Others of them won't. The ones that are not read by us are inserted locally. So if you live in not America, you might hear an ad in not English. But once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Force.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death. In a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Anatomy of an Ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.
2: Define an opportunity.
1: Imagine talking to millions of people across the US like I am now.
2: Identify a
0: problem.
1: Creating an audio ad is time-consuming.
0: Offer a solution.
1: Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. All
2: right, Adam, we're back. What do you got going on in your life? Well, you know, more of the same that I talked about the last time. I have the show in Boston that I'm headlining. That is Sunday, November 5th uh, at... City Winery at the City Winery Loft. I believe it's called the Haymarket Lounge in Boston. Ooh. So that is uh, that Sunday evening. Please buy tickets to that as soon as you can. And I'm happy to announce I will be headlining Stand Up New York in New York City, December 14th. Are you still going to be here? Or are you oh. going to be in Texas? You're going to be in Texas, right? I'm going to be in Texas. I, this would it's have not, been it's never normally... Just this
0: time in particular, I finally did, which I will talk about my Texas run of TNO shows that I've been like talking about doing for years. I finally organized it. So I'm flying out like the 9th or something.
2: I thought I might catch you. I thought I might still be mm-hmm. early enough because I knew anyth- anything the week like leading up to Christmas was a no-go, but...
0: Honestly, if I wasn't doing this tour, I probably would have stuck around <sighs> till like
2: the 18th or so and I would have gone. Gosh, one day. Maybe next year, but if you are yeah. in the New York area, please come on out. Uh, I did this last year. I've done it the last two years and it has been very, very fun. I also book some of my favorite comics from around the city and then I do, uh, I don't know, 45 minutes or an hour of mostly new material and uh Uh, yeah, it's going to be a grand old time. You can get tickets for that now. Um, You can just find me on all the things. Go to my linktree, linktree.com slash adamamawala or adamamawala.com. You'll find all of that info. And then of course, you and I have the live shows coming up in Philly and New York as well. So I'll let you tell people more about that and your other goings-ons. Yeah, we just
0: had the show in D.C., which was a blast. Shout out to the folks who came through. And now we've got two more shows in October that are going to be about the bad Percy Jackson movie. So we're going to be Philly the judge on of the that. 21st. Maybe you I'll will be it. the You might. That's the whole purpose of you being the person who has not read the book but has seen the movie. Maybe we all just hate it because we like the books Possibly. and it's not accurate. But maybe it's a fine film. We'll find out. But that's what we're going to be talking about in Philly on October 21st and in New York City on October 22nd. In Philly, we'll be joined also by Stephen Para. And then in New York, we'll be joined by Sequoia Simone. So it'll be a blast. Adam will- What a great name. Which one? Sequoia Simone? Sequoia
2: Simone, especially. (laughs)
0: It's good. It's good got a nice ring. Now, we will start these shows with Adam doing a little 10-minute stand-up set, so that'll be fun, and I'll be able to finally see that, you know, even though I can't go to <laughs> the New York longer one, but that'll be a good time. You can get tickets to those at thenewsolympian.com live, and also, I'm going to be in all of the big four Texas cities in December, so going to do Dallas, then Austin, then San Antonio, then Houston on December... 13th, 15th, 17th, and 19th, respectively. So you can get tickets to those shows as well at newsolympian.com slash live. Most of the shows are going to be all TNO, but some of them are half Potterless, half TNO. So if you want some Harry Potter goofs in there too, come to the Austin or the San Antonio show. But that's the the stuff there.
2: Yeah. Well, Mike, I hope the folks of Lubbock don't have anything to say. I mean, you talked about the big four of Texas and you're omitting some cities that I think people might feel strongly about.
0: This is why I keep calling them the biggest four, or or like the main four, because yeah. then I can just point to population data. Like there you it's go. maybe. Let me just double check Texas cities by population. The only one I'm worried about is if El Paso is one of those sneaky ones where it's it like Oklahoma be. City, it where it's be. enormous. Yeah. No. Okay. So we're good. El Paso is okay. close, but not there. Houston, two point three million. San Antonio, one point five million. Dallas, one point four million. And then Fort Worth is another. .9 million and then Austin is 964,000. So, Oof. I'm correct in my top 4 and then El Paso is only 682,000. Yeah. So, I'm good. Lubbock's 255,000. So, like okay. hmm, talk to me when you get to 2.0 million, like Houston, <laughs> my kind of maybe little bit hometown. The big H. <laughs> Speaking of Houston, how long are you going to be out in Texas for the holidays? Probably through Christmas and we'll probably come back before New Year's, I would guess.
2: Okay, it, this will be very funny actually if this happens. This is very very much like potential thing and I don't expect it to happen necessarily. But there's a uh, a guy who books a couple rooms in Houston who's been talking to me and one of the <sighs> dates that he suggested was December 29th. It would be very Ooh. funny if you like, had just come back to New York and then I was in Houston, but I'll, I'll let you know.
0: Let me know. That would be a reason. I mean, honestly, we would probably look to fly around that time-ish. So yep. if I can stay and, and see you, that'd be fun.
2: Yeah, I'll let you know. I, I don't know if it'll if it'll happen, but if it does, I think I might do a little uh, Houston and then like bring Celia with me and do like an Austin for New Year's Eve sort of thing. I've never been to Austin. It's it's there. It's fun. Food's good. Oh, not a fan of Austin. You think Austin is the subway sandwiches of cities?
0: city? <laughs> I think Austin's fine. Uh, but I'm I personally am not like you got to go on vacation mm. to Austin. Okay, it's fair. certainly the best vacation town of all the Texas cities, though. Like I would not recommend people go on. <laughs>
2: the people of Paris, Texas are not going to like this very much. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever.
0: I don't care. <laughs> they probably voted 99 percent for Trump. I couldn't oh, hey, care less. Be nice. Be nice. You don't
2: know everybody there. <laughs>
0: I don't. I don't know anybody there. (laughs) So now shall we get into NBQ&A?
2: Yeah, let's do that. Cool. What do we got? All right. So we have a a Twitter question. This is from Ian, a.k.a. at, I think it's Jan, unless it's the European, like Jan, but at Jan Bass, J-A-N-B-A-S-S-S, who asks... Hi horse boys, I have a couple questions for you. I was waiting for a train and a man walked by wearing a warrior's jacket and a Celtics hat at the same time. Oh. I thought it was weird, but I live in the Netherlands, so not a lot of people would notice or care. Can you do this in the US? Does it make a difference that these teams play in different conferences? What is the worst possible combination of teams that you could wear? Thanks, Ian." All right, so I love this question. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And I will say, I did notice that the one time that I've been to India, I remember seeing, this like a purple Chicago Bulls hat. Like it it was clearly (laughs) something where it was like the logo, but the colors didn't quite make sense. Here's my my multifaceted answer. First of all, generally, I think you can kind of wear whatever you want in the world. I think that is a rule. But beyond that first step, I don't think it's weird to have two teams that you root for, especially in different conferences. I do think it's kind of weird from both a fashion and rooting interest perspective to wear those things simultaneously. Correct. Where do you stand? Yes.
0: I think you shouldn't do this in the U.S. because you will be clowned for Mm -hmm. it. I think abroad, it is just more of the, I like basketball. And I get that. There's people who just like to enjoy watching Premier League soccer or one of the other good soccer leagues because they live in America and they don't get to see as good of a product. You know, the MLS is growing, but it's certainly not to that level. So there's some people that's like, I don't really care about a team. I just like watching the good players so you can have that approach and then also it's just tougher to get particular merch like if I go into NBA stores abroad you'll see they'll have like Knicks, Celtics, Lakers, Warriors, Bulls like they'll have not a lot of not a lot of Pelicans here nah, there's not going to be like Timberwolves gear or Raptors gear, unfortunately. Yeah. So I get it from an international perspective. This guy probably just likes the NBA, so that's fine. But must have been an interesting in finals for him a
2: couple years ago. Warriors. I was going to say gear, it's yeah.
0: weird they played against each other, but yeah, I think in the U.S. you probably shouldn't do this. People make fun of you. Then as far as what's the worst combination, I think the easy answer is Lakers Celtics. Like if you're wearing Lakers and yeah. Celtics gear, like they've hated each other for so long and they still do, mm-hmm. that I think that is the clear clear winner
2: i think that's true um but i also feel like and we're biased here i do think if i saw someone in like a bull shirt and a knicks hat i would be like that does not make any sense to me
0: yeah, that would be weird. I also think that there's other ones like if you were a Kings and a Lakers one, that's also weird because like they're both in the same state, right. but they clearly had the bitter rivalry in the middle two in the mid 2000s. Yeah, especially because people think the refs ruined that series against. Yeah. The Lakers, they screwed the Kings over, which they a thousand percent did. So I think there are some other ones, but Lakers Celtics is just such a historic yeah. hatred-based franchise right. rivalry.
2: I, I'm actually realizing now that I think I was supposed to make you wear a Bulls jersey at some point, and I don't know that I've cashed in on this on this punishment. You haven't yet.
0: You said hmm. you were gonna do it potentially the on the mandate. <laughs> yeah, but that just would have been <laughs> that weird. That would, like, I, yeah. I, I would have been weird. Yeah, I feel like, you know, I think the true thing, you should, if you have like a party at your place or something, just mm. maybe wear a bull shirt to like your next like, you know, park hang or rooftop hang okay. or apartment watching something with the boys <laughs> hang and
2: I'll wear, a, you know, the shirt you're wearing right I now. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's kind of my answer. And And the other thing is sometimes people are just wearing sports gear because they think it looks cool, not because they're sports fans. Like a Yankee hat is a perfect example of something you see people wearing everywhere. And some people like the Yankees and some people just think it looks good. I would say Uh I see a lot of people even in New York wearing Bulls stuff. And sometimes I talk to them and they're Bulls fans. And other times they're like, yeah, I just liked the hat. That never happens with Cubs stuff. Baseball reference. If I see someone in like a crisp blue Cubs hat, 95% Mm -hmm. of the time they're a Cubs fan and they're not just like wearing it because they like royal blue. R.I.P. Cubs season, by the way. Yeah.
0: I may have told this story on the pod, but the Yankee hat just gets worn all over. It's just like a fashion thing. And when we were in australia that's when the aaron judge resigning happened and kelly knowing this was a joke when we were on hikes and we would see people in yankee apps which was very very frequently kelly was like oh my god you should you should talk about her like aren't they really happy you should talk to them about the aaron judge thing like they couldn't name a player who's ever played for the new york <laughs> yankees <laughs> not just this one guy not, even, not guy even baby on Ruth. the team not even jeter Derek. now <laughs> let's get into full court press get it like the news i do and there's news to be discussed there's news to be discussed. There's one really big thing that had a secondary, kind of big ripple effect, but that is Damian Lillard was traded, and he was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks, not the Miami Heat as he requested, not the Miami Heat as people predicted, or if you're a Miami Heat fan that is grumbly, you think you had the birthright to. (laughs) But he was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks for a pretty sizable package that did end up becoming a three-team trade. So here's how everything went down in the trade. So it ended up being a three-team deal between the Bucks, the Blazers, and the Suns. So Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, who was a rookie last year, a 2029 unprotected Milwaukee first round pick and an unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2020, oh, 2030 and <laughs> 2030, which is a, I think the first time I've said that phrase out loud to all of that went to the Portland Trailblazers. The Suns ended up getting Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little and Keon Johnson, and then The Milwaukee Bucks obviously got Damian Lillard. So pretty solid deal for the Blazers. They got a good chunk back, and then they traded Drew Holiday to the Celtics, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, So the Blazers really are in position for what they're trying to do, which is rebuild. The Bucks are in position for what they're trying to do, which is contend and keep Giannis happy. And then the Suns are in position for what they want to do, which is get DeAndre out of here, because I don't think Kevin Durant and Devin Booker like him. Right.
2: And the Celtics, in turn, basically got a Marcus Smart upgrade.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the Celtics then ended up trading Robert Williams, III, Malcolm Brogdon, a first round pick that is going to actually be from the Golden State Warriors, 2024 Golden State Warriors first pick, and then a 2029 unprotected Boston pick. All of that went to the Blazers and then the Celtics got Drew Holiday. So the Celtics basically said, who cares about depth? This offseason and they have a very good top six, but their bench is quite weak. So it's very interesting in that the Blazers had all these conversations with the Heat who represented the East in the finals last year. And then their main competitors, the Celtics and the Bucks, both got, I think, better, at least for like this immediate season. But I think the Celtics is pretty risky because they're putting all of their eggs into the basket of Chris Porzingis, who has an injury history, except for last year. He was healthy. And Al Horford, who does not have an injury history, but he is 37, which in NBA years is 94. (laughs) So (laughs) I think it's a risky move for the Celtics but it could work out amazingly. I think it's a pretty much no-brainer move if you're the Bucks If you can get Damian Lillard on the team, right. yeah, do that, especially when you have Giannis on the team. And then the Blazers— Yeah, not only
2: just getting someone of that caliber, but also the implication that it means that Giannis will stick. Totally, totally. And then if you're the Blazers, yeah, like you got young big guys
0: to complement your young guards in Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp. So now you have Robert Williams and DeAndre Ayton. So you have young guys all at different positions now, basically. And then you got a bunch of picks. Mm -hmm. So Blazers looking good. Suns, I feel like it's a bit of a downgrade to go from DeAndre Ayton to Yusuf Nurkic. But they did get, like, more depth out of it, which they needed, because they traded away a lot of people in order to get Bradley Beal this offseason. So for the Suns, I think it kind of makes sense. But I worry that, you know, Nurkic might not be as good as Ayton was. And people are already frustrated at Ayton. So maybe they'll be even more frustrated at Nurkic. But... I I think overall it's very interesting and kind of makes sense for everyone involved. But then if you're the Miami Heat, you got to be feeling upset and you also got to be feeling upset if you're the Philadelphia 76ers because you still have grumbly boy James Harden around and two of your competitors also got significantly better.
2: Yeah, so overall, I think a pretty fair trade. Uh, Nevertheless, our condolences to Christine, a.k.a. Chelsea's cousin. I'm sure Blazers fans will miss Dame. We talked about this in a more extended way on the Patreon. We did a little uh, Mm -hmm. kind of reaction video when this news all dropped. This was before the Drew Holiday subsequent trade went down. But um, yeah, Dame was gracious and and spoke about how much he loved his time in Portland. He posted a a fairly detailed... um, kind of farewell sort of message on his Twitter that we can share. Um, Basically just saying, you know, I grew up here. This is where I became the man that I am today. Like, I appreciate everybody in the Portland organization. I hope there's no hard feelings, yada, yada, yada. I am cautiously optimistic that when he returns this year, to play in Portland, he will get a huge and and very long standing ovation. Um, I think so. And, you know, you mentioned it when we talked about it on the Patreon, but like somehow him going to Milwaukee doesn't seem as douchey as if he had gotten traded to Miami, which may not ultimately be fair. Like at the end of the day, he wanted out regardless of where he ended up. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I do feel like it changes things a little bit. I think
0: there's a couple of factors that contribute to it. First, the Miami thing felt, gross because dame specifically was like i want to go to miami and nowhere else and that kind of tanks his trade value and makes things harder for the blazers so i think if he got what he wanted that would have made people angry not that they don't want dame to be happy but just because it really makes it hard for you to get the proper return on someone as good mm-hmm. as damian lillard i think by him going to milwaukee First off, it's just cool. Like, him and Giannis on the same team is just cool. So I think that's a factor. I think him going to the team that he said, I gotta go here, that he tried to force his way, I think that softens the blow a little bit. Mm -hmm. And also, I think because the first trade of Dame was good, and now even, especially after their second trade where they traded with the Celtics and got stuff back for Drew Holiday, I think now, because they got a whole bunch of stuff back, they're not super angry about it. Because it's Mm -hmm. not like he... He stomped his feet, made a scene, and then they didn't get anything back. Like, they are in right. prime position for yeah. a rebuild. So even to Chelsea's cousin, I would say, don't worry about it. Like, yeah, you're rebuilding and you're going to be not great for a little bit, but you're going to be really fun starting immediately and you're going to be in great position to be like one of these fun young teams like the thunder or the timberwolves before they cashed in for rudy gobert and some of these (laughs) other things like you're in the space where you need to be for a rebuild and for the blazers who felt like this uh they're always in between are they competing Mm -hmm. are they not should they blow it up they they played it perfectly, and yeah. they ended up getting a lot of stuff back just for Dame, and they're going to be in a great position. So I think, yeah. and because he has a legitimate chance to win a ring, mm-hmm. that is, I think, what's really nice for. The Blazers fans, like they're right. seeing him. It's like, OK, he could win a title this year, whereas the mm-hmm. Heat, like even if he got traded, it was like, yeah, the Heat are good. But it, I don't know, like they still lost some key pieces this offseason. Right. So I think because the chances of the Bucks winning the title are mm-hmm. even higher, I think Blazers fans are happy about it because it's like, oh, that's cool. He left because he wanted to get a ring. He actually might get it good yeah. for dame and then he'll come back like he said in his mm-hmm. farewell message he's totally gonna come back for one final season or a couple final seasons like it would be super cool if he wrote out this contract with the bucks and then kind of did like a dirk thing where he comes back for not the dirk ever left but after this contract is over if mm-hmm. dame's next contract is with the blazers whether they are competing or not he can be a mentor role he can be a part of the organization if he wants to afterwards. Like, I think it could be really, really cool. And I think it's in a position where they're not going to hate him.
2: Yeah, I hope not. Uh, Meanwhile, Tyler Hero, apparently pretty salty about the Blazers not wanting him. I don't know if you saw that interview, but he was asked kind of how he felt about how everything played out because he was basically the centerpiece of what would have been the trade offer that Miami presented to Portland. But apparently they liked what they got from Milwaukee better and uh, Hero apparently is out on a mission to, to prove the haters and doubters wrong.
0: I hope he does. I do kind of feel bad for him in that a lot it's of a people tough spot. Were, were trashing him and yeah. it was this whole thing where he was injured in the playoff run and then that he were doing well and he could have come back and they were like, no, stay away is kind of like the general vibe of the fan base. I would like to see him do well, um, but I don't know, I'm not like super invested in it yeah because he's Tyler Hero and he does have something about like working hard tattooed mm-hmm. on his chest in red. So I don't know how invested I
2: am. <laughs> he did take a nice little shot at the Blazers, though, because yes, at the end of did. it, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm really just worried about competing against the best teams and the Blazers are not one of the best teams, which is true. But media day
0: is so interesting because you have all these interviews where it's very much encouraged. Like, hi, would you like to shit on somebody now <laughs> Like it's totally. all the time or people just like intentionally shit on people? So the Raptors, for example, had their media day. And as we discussed on the pod, they are being sued by the New York Knicks, which is Great. Because if we get something out of it, cool. But Masai Ujiri, who is the president of basketball operations or whatever for the Raptors, he takes to the podium and he's like, I want to start with the Knicks lawsuit. And I just want to say this. There's only been one time, one time in the history of the league where a team has sued another team. Just food for thought. It's like, what does that mean? You did something bad and we're suing you for it just because it's never happened before. doesn't make it better. Like, I don't know if the Raptors, but I'm trying to think of like a crime that's bad that doesn't ruin the vibes. But if like if they did money laundering and then the league find them for money laundering, he gets out there. He's like, there's only been one time that the NBA has ever fined a team. For money laundering. One time. Yeah, you did it. You did it and you're not allowed to do it. It doesn't matter if it's the first time. It's still bad. You don't get like a get out of jail free card because you're the first people to do it. <laughs> it's so weird. Media Day is so weird. Oh, but I love it. I love it. James Harden didn't show up to Media Day, which is interesting. We'll see if he gets fined by the Philadelphia 76ers. But he just didn't show up because he really wants to get traded to the Clippers. So he's being super grumpy. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. NBA media day. What a time.
2: It's so strange. <laughs> it would have uh, it would have been funny, though, if James Harden was like, not a, not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Media day. Media. We're talking about media day. We're talking about media day. We're sitting up here. I'm, I'm supposed to be franchise player. We're talking about media day.
0: It's going to be interesting whenever whatever happens with that situation. Like, are they going to ask him, like, what were you doing instead? <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Media day is not hard. No, <laughs> like, I, guess it's, I guess it's awkward if you're actively trying to leave the team you're on and you don't want to have a bunch of photos of you wearing a 76er jersey. But like, all you got to do is put on a jersey, show up, and then you do a bunch of like in-game arena and TikTok content. It's for It's true, team. but honestly, some yeah. of
2: this stuff looks really fun. It does. It does. But it's not fun if you had to leave your horsies behind in Serbia because uh, Nikola uh, Jokic, Jokic. He, was not, he did not look happy.
0: No, he didn't look happy. They asked him if it was his best summer ever because they won the championship. And he said, no, it was the opposite of that because we had to play basketball for two and a half months extra. (laughs) Hey, he's honest. He's honest. He's honest. Uh, He's so funny. He's so funny. I love that he's the best player in the league and he doesn't like it. It is. (laughs) Yeah, it's hilarious. It's so good. It's so funny. Uh, It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And then some of the NBA media day things are really fun. Shout out to the Kings. They asked all their players, what do you think the beam sounds like? What noise would the beam make if it made a noise? So it's just a bunch of players going like pew. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. Some people took it really seriously. Other people just made a noise because they contractually had to i guess sure um and then that was that and that's nba media day and that's full court press get it like the
2: news i do let's get into this interview huh
0: Yes, we are now going to bring on our official WNBA correspondent, Jordan Robinson, formerly Jordan Liggins, formerly Jordan Liggins Robinson. But now I believe she's embraced just the Jordan Robinson as we will be discussing the WNBA finals, which is between the Aces and the Liberty. As we all predicted this (laughs) offseason, big, big predictions from us. But We'll be talking about that because... By the time this episode goes live, game one will have taken place previously on October 8th, a Sunday. So we are recording this one, though, on October 3rd. So we'll get all sorts of previews and what drama you can expect from the finals that are about to happen. There you go. So as we just laid up the pass of the alley-oop, here we are dunking <laughs> the alley with the promised interview that we are doing with, of course, our WNBA correspondent. But you also might know Jordan as the co-host of the Queens of the Court podcast with Cheryl Swoops. Yes, that Cheryl Swoops. So and cool. also the host and also a host for the Pac-12 Network. It is Jordan Robinson. Jordan, how's it going?
3: It's going great. So glad to be back. Thanks for having me.
0: Our pleasure. Always a pleasure to have you here. Congratulations on Queens of the Court, by the way. I don't think that we've talked to you since. That is so cool. It's one of those things when you see the little notification, you're like, that makes sense. And that's awesome.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a pinch me moment every single time Cheryl Swoops' name pops up on my phone. And I'm like, am I really texting the Cheryl (laughs) Swoops right now? Like, it has not gotten easier. It is still so much fun.
0: <laughs> it's very cool. I also, I don't remember what it was, but I feel like I saw Cheryl Swoops replying to a tweet, like hyping you up for something, just like a <laughs> proud mom or aunt. Yeah, yeah, And it was just so pure, just so pure <laughs> to see Cheryl being like, go Jordan or whatever it was. Ah, oh, delightful. the but,
3: best, like the absolute best.
2: Before we get into asking you about the WNBA playoffs and finals and all of that, what is your personal relationship, like, as a fan of Cheryl Swoops. Like, did you grow up idolizing her, and now you're just trying to turn off that part of your brain that's like, this is my hero, and we're doing a show together? (laughs) regularly i
3: really haven't turned it off i tell her all the time (laughs) that she is like the goat um no my fandom you know with the WNBA goes back to being a young kid growing up in sacramento with the sacramento Monarchs. so i've definitely seen her come to town way back in the day especially just being somebody who's a fan of the league that means i've had to learn the history of the league and knowing where cheryl's name is everywhere in the record books and that that Houston Comets team for a time.
0: The greatest Houston sports franchise that ever exists. Ever, ever, They to gotta exist. bring them back. I don't get it. Four I know. consecutive yeah. titles. And bring the Comets. They didn't even back.
2: have to uh, bang trash cans to score buckets.
3: <laughs> I know, right? No, mm-hmm. they are just everything that she's done for the W and women's basketball. I definitely have known her story. Um, I did an interview with her for Just Women Sports a few years back and it was really short. It was a phone call, but we didn't talk about basketball at all. We talked about how she gardens and she (gasps) has like a homestead and they they make all their food and have their own cows and have their own meat, her and her husband in in Texas. So we talked about Uh, that and I was like, that was fun and just like exciting to talk to her. Now, um, does so that Cheryl was...
0: have a line of those little shovels called Cheryl scoops?
2: Oh, my God. That's <laughs> that it. That Cancel the needing. interview. Jordan, we, we've <laughs> taken up enough of your time. We're, we're done. Too wow. good.
3: I think I walked right into that one. But uh, no, it was, it was fun. And that's kind of where our relationship started. Um, but now to be able to work with her, I'm... Always reminded that she was one of the greatest to ever do it when I'm like, yeah, you know, what's it like to be a reserve for the All-Star? And she's like, I don't know what that's like. I was only a starter. And (laughs) (laughs) I was like a five-time, you know, seven-time All-Star. So, yeah, she's great.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. That's incredible. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's like to lose in the finals. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So. Speaking of finals, the WNBA finals are upon us as we record this, and game one will have just finished as we release this. Mm -hmm. It is, of course, between the Aces and the Liberty, which was, I guess, like the betting favorite, but uh, no one would ever take the bet because it's one of those bets where it's like so sure they wouldn't (laughs) even put it up. But anyway, we've got Aces versus Liberty, Mm -hmm. which... Though it might not be the most exciting matchup, the playoffs have still been fun. The matchup will still be super fun itself in terms of, like, the teams. What was your overall thoughts, I guess, of the playoffs so far and now getting to this matchup of what we had kind of all anticipated but we're excited to see?
3: Yeah, it was, you know, we knew that it was going to end up being the Aces and the Liberty, but I'm excited that... The Mystics made it a little interesting for the Liberty and then Connecticut winning that game one against the Liberty, you know, in Barclays, in Brooklyn. That really had everyone shook for a little bit. You know, people were like, okay, maybe Connecticut can pull it out. Maybe they could do it. They're about to go back home. But uh, the Liberty, you know, winning three games in a row to get to the finals, I think was very impressive because they made the adjustments. And I think that's what gets me excited for these finals because it's going to be two really strong, experienced head coaches going at it. And there is going to be adjustments and defensive changes and offensive schemes and matchups that they're going to exploit. So that's going to be super exciting. But before these, the Aces kind of, had an easy route i don't want to say easy but unfazed they haven't dropped a game um chicago would have been a long shot and then you had dallas who beat them in the regular season but just didn't show out it was very much a dallas team that was like oh we haven't been here before we've never been in the second round we have a new coach we don't really know what these waters are like So it was very much that. Um, I think Dallas next season, even the season after that, are going to be really scary. But I Mm -hmm. think the Aces were able to just slide into that final spot. And now they are the reigning WNBA champions. So the Liberty have to come and take it from them.
0: Yeah. I feel very vindicated in a take of mine early this year where someone was asking, it might have been part of something we've done in the podcast. Someone asked before the WNBA season, what team should I root for? And I was like, get in on the wings now. Like, mm-hmm. get in on the wings right now. It reeks of, like, when the Thunder had that playoff run against the Lakers where they, like, almost beat them and people are like, oh, my goodness, like, what's going on here? That's <laughs> yeah. what the Dallas Wings feel like right now. Like, they're going to be super spooky in three years. And they got a bright future ahead, even though they couldn't get it done again. Against the Aces. For sure. Drama, of course, is something that we love here. And the MVP race was very dramatic. It was a three-headed monster of is Alyssa Thomas gonna get it? Is Asia gonna get it? Is Brianna gonna get it? And Brianna ended up winning, even though she didn't have the most first place votes. And
3: scandalous.
0: Super scandalous. The the graph of it, just seeing all the breakdown, like one vote could have made the difference. Super tight, super intense. How did you feel about that MVP race? And do you think we're gonna have some Asia like I should have been the MVP anger towards Brianna in the finals.
3: I thought it was so interesting, especially because there was so much conversation and discourse around Alyssa Thomas having this record-breaking year with triple-doubles, with double-doubles. Just never a a season that we've seen before. And to me, Mm -hmm. that just that was an MVP-type season. When you think okay, thank of...
0: you. That's what I yeah, thought, too. Yeah,
3: you know, when you take her off the Connecticut Sun, they are not a third-place team, not one bit, especially with uh Jones going down and not able to finish out the season with getting hurt. So... I feel for Alyssa Thomas because she got those first place votes. So enough people were able to vote and say, yes, she's an MVP. But Brianna Stewart being able to kind of be consistent throughout all three places is what kind of put her over the top. Um, I know Alyssa Thomas was just... Heartbroken, especially because when she was asked about it, she said, you know, I'm used to this. I'm used to being overlooked. I'm, I'm used mm. to kind of always flying under the radar, which was like, uh, heartbreak. <laughs> but Asia, I think, was a little more shocked because I think she went into it kind of thinking like, oh, I I have this. Like, my only other competition is Alyssa Thomas because of what season she was having. Not saying that Stewie didn't have an incredible season. Like, multiple mm-hmm. 40-point games set the record for the most points in a season. But I feel like she was kind of underlooked. Like, Asia was having such a dominant year on both ends of the floor. They, they announced Defensive Player of the Year early, a little off mm-hmm. schedule. So then we were all kind of thinking... Alright, does that mean that she got it and they didn't want to give her a depoy after? It was a lot of those type of things too. Cheryl even called it out. She said it's gonna be either Asia or Stewie because it was a home game next game when they were announcing oh, it. Like, so
0: insightful. There's so
3: many little <laughs> intricacies like that, but and when it was Brianna Stewart, I was like, wait a second. I thought it was AT or Asia. Like I just mm-hmm. didn't have Stewie in that in that conversation. Um but one thing that really kind of turned up the drama was Ryan Rucco said, you know, it, how much does legacy kind of play into this? Like are you going to get Asia her third MVP before Stewie gets her second? Are you, Uh, you know, like, are. It's the Jokic ah,
0: and Bede thing that happened this season.
3: Yeah. Like, why is that so much a part of it? That shouldn't be a factor. Um, But you see the votes and you see that Stewie got the second most uh first place votes and then it just goes down the line another fun fact is that the first time that that happened where the mvp who won didn't get first place votes was when cheryl swoops got it over lauren jackson in 2005 so Mm -hmm. i was able to talk to her about that but it's it's so funny because you think okay first place votes it should be done like that should just be it that's right. the what people thought was the MVP. Why is there a second place, third place and a fourth place? Why the hell did Asia Wilson get a fourth place vote?
0: Who we did does the WA does the WNBA make them public like the NBA does? Cuz no, that person they needs don't. to be fi- that person needs to be fired immediately. I
3: agree. <laughs> I agree they should be banned from voting because that was personal. <laughs> that seems rude and you right. also don't know basketball. Why is Asia Wilson a fourth place vote? <laughs> what the heck? So that we were up in arms about that. But a lot of drama, a lot of conversation about it, and I think Asia Wilson is happy that she got her defensive player of the year award, but she knows mm-hmm. that she wanted that MVP. She deserved it. She was dominant. She was the best player on the best team in the league and to go up against Brianna Stewart who got it, you know, her mm-hmm. second MVP, When the ball is on the top of the key and it's in Asia's hands and she's going against Stewie, she wants to prove that I am the MVP. You guys got it wrong. I want to be able to show that. Now, regular season, we have not seen Brianna Stewart Mm -hmm. and Asia Wilson square Mm -hmm. off and be themselves against each other. So I think we deserve that now. And just with the little added little spice of spite of not getting the MVP <laughs> well, award. <laughs> I feel like it's
2: kind of setting us up for uh, a version of what we saw in the NCAA Women's Championship where there was the uh, Angel Reese versus Caitlin Clark drama. And then, like, obviously, LSU won. Angel Reese got to have her, like... You know, mm-hmm, it's I, mm-hmm. very difficult to do in an audio medium, but like uh, covering <laughs> my face with my of the hand. Face. hand in the face, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and that's the same sort of vibe where Asia Wilson. Like, I have no doubt that if the Aces win the championship, Asia will be oh. like, "Yeah, I, I wish I had been the MVP." But like, what would you rather be—the MVP or the champion—and and to tie Absolutely. it back to the BA, as we refer to it here on Horse. <laughs> 1993 and 1998, 93, Charles Barkley is the MVP. And guess who takes that personally? Michael Jordan. And in 1998, mm-hmm. Karl Malone, who we hate on this podcast and also mm-hmm. in yes, real life. <laughs> Also wins the MVP. Michael Jordan has an extra chip on his shoulder, and I think mm-hmm. there could be some of that here um, with with Asia Wilson. And it, it was already going to be a great matchup and a great series, but now it adds that little extra, little extra spice to it that we yeah love here. it
3: does. And Asia, you know, she doesn't have a Finals MVP. That's like the only award that she doesn't have. So right. I think she's gunning for that. And and you know, it's hard Ooh. to bet over. Chelsea Gray who won Finals MVP last season and just I mean she shot
0: 150% from the <laughs> yeah, field yeah, like <laughs>
3: it was insane and I know she's going to go to another level again because that's just what she does but I think Asia is going we're going to see a different level of Asia as well in this this finals.
0: Yeah. I think Asia will certainly talk some trash. If they end up winning, especially if Asia ends up getting the finals MVP, because even the other day she was trash talking NBA 2K for the WNBA player faces not looking accurate for oh, some yeah. of her teammates like she's <laughs> she's not going to hold back for <laughs> something she truly cares about. If she can muster up the, the spite to shade NBA 2K, I feel like it's not going to be hard for her to throw some shade at either. The voters. I don't think she would like do it at Brianna specifically, but I feel like throwing shade at the people who didn't select her, or at the very least saying she's happier to have the Finals MVP than the the regular season MVP. She'll be talking her stuff, I think.
3: Oh yeah, and I think the other part about this is that you know there's a whole super team, you know, talk around the Liberty are a super team and the Aces are a super team. Candace Parker is not playing right now; mm-hmm. she's out indefinitely with an injury. So this is pretty much the same team as last year Mm -hmm. for the aces and i think they kind of take that personally of like okay were we a super team before now we're not are we Mm -hmm. like i think they want to prove that they are just as good as they were last year when they won the WNBA championship if not better because i feel like asia has gotten better somehow than her mvp championship year so they have that going for them and yeah i think asia isn't going to say okay brianna stewart come at me but they do want to prove that they are better than the Liberty, even though they lost to the Commissioner Cup, even though they've got blown out multiple times. So I think the aces have to kind of put up or shut up like this is the time to be like, okay, we are the better team. You have to prove it in the finals. That's, that's all we're going to talk about at the end of the day.
2: Yeah. And I mean, if they win their second straight and now you're heading into next season talking about a potential three-peat, like you do have to start talking about the aces in that conversation of what are the best WNBA teams ever. And obviously you can talk to your co-host slash goat, uh, you know, Cheryl (laughs) Swoops about dominant, dominant teams. But I mean, how many- Yeah,
0: Cheryl will say, wake me up when you win four in a row. Yeah,
3: (laughs) she really will. (laughs) Now, when's the last
2: time someone repeated?
3: So that was 2001, 2002, LA Sparks. So that's Lisa that's been Leslie. That's so
2: long.
0: Very, wow, yeah.
3: very long. Um, so wow. you even think about like you know the Minnesota Lynx in there. That's what I was going to say. I would have guessed them. You know they didn't repeat. It was really wow. like every it's other them and Sparks, year. Sparks, right? Uh huh. Yeah.
2: Um, wow. Going back
3: and forth, and then the Mercury got in there a little bit. Yeah. So Storm it was. The Storm never
0: repeated, yeah.
3: Yeah, the Storm have had multiple championships, but not back to back to back. Like that's where this makes it so unique. But then on the other side, you have the Liberty, who has never won a WNBA championship, and they are the only uh, original WNBA mm-hmm. franchise to not win a WNBA championship, which sounds insane because you think of all the greats who have worn a Liberty jersey and the fact Mm -hmm. that this is their first time in the finals since 2002 when Becky Hammond was wearing a Liberty jersey like that (laughs) is insane so both of these teams you know there's storylines there's drama there's MVP but there's also the historical franchise concept the Aces want to be in those back-to-back in those conversations of some of the best franchises ever and then you have people from the Liberty wanting to win that first franchise championship. That's why that commissioner's cup was so huge. That's like the first thing that they've ever won. They were so (laughs) happy. Um, So there's both sides of this historical concept as well, which I think ups the ante a little bit.
0: Yeah. Are there any stories, obviously we know the major players, but are there any stories or players that you are looking that you think might surprise people? Obviously, Laney has had a really solid run of games and she's not necessarily someone that would be on the Liberty's marketing material for their super team. Is there Mm -hmm. anything that you think might become a story that isn't the obvious like Brianna versus Asia battle?
3: Um, I think it's Benajah Laney commanding that respect. You know, they left her off of the marketing materials for going into the finals, even though she was the key piece for the Liberty getting to the finals. She balled out all of these playoffs. And every time that she scored more than 14 points, they won. That one game that they lost to Connecticut, she only had three points. And that is a reason why they lost. So she is a huge catalyst of this Liberty team. And I think In these first two rounds, we're like, okay, we'll let it slide. But when she shows up in the finals, you're not going to be able to ignore the type of player on both sides of the ball that Vinay is and for this Liberty team. I think for the Aces, I was just talking about this on another podcast. You know, this is kind of Kia Stokes' time to say, mm. I got JJ. Like, we are going to look at that matchup inside. I don't really think that they're going to put Asia on JJ that much because the refs have been atrocious and we don't want a finals matchup where Asia Wilson is in foul trouble. That's not fun for anybody. Nobody wants that. So if you have Kia Stokes on John Jones, then it's your time. Like this is your role on this team. We're not asking you to score. You are surrounded by all stars and everybody else is going to do the scoring. You even have Alicia Clark coming off the bench. She's going to score. Kia Stokes, your job is to limit J.J. not only from scoring, but to one shot for the Liberty because J.J. has been getting double doubles and just killing it on the glass. So if Kia Stokes rises to that occasion and can limit J.J. from being so dominant on that end of the floor, then I think that's a win for the Aces.
0: Okay, yeah, I think that makes sense. As far as WNBA finals atmosphere obviously the Liberty this is their first time like you're saying they do play in the Barclays Center New York which is a big arena and it's where the Nets play as well you've got them starting to get the uh, celebrity sideline courtside culture going on But the Aces, I think, might have a bit more of the dedicated fan base. It's, you know, not as much going on in terms of sports in Las Vegas. The more things are getting added. Do you think that one arena is going to be harder for the opposing team to play into? Like, yeah, maybe New York has some of the glitz and glamour, but they might not have, like, the intense fandom. How do you think the the home court advantage is going to be for each team?
3: I think it's gonna be so important. Like, this is like the sixth player for each team Mm. that they can use to weaponize. It is gonna be so important more than any other game, any other series to hold home court. Like, you have to take care of business on home court because I think the Aces do not wanna go and try to steal one on the road in Barclays. It's going to be really hard. We've seen that in the regular season how they've kind of been rattled a little bit by just the roaring stands and the sold out crowd of Barclays. Like it's intense. I just see it through the the TV and I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to be on that court. I don't want to be at that free throw line. Like it's scary. Um, But this works to the Aces advantage because that game five is going to be in Vegas. Like they are the number one team, the number one seed so you just have to hold home court like i think that's going to be so important and then to be able to come back and win it in five games on the aces uh home court is what's going to happen and that's going to be the goal because you don't want to have to try to win it on the go- is that your road. official
2: uh jordan robinson prediction yes aces it is
3: five? i've oh. said it earlier today and so i'm i'm saying it now it we deserve five games. First of all, we deserve uh, yes, it. Yes,
0: please. We, I mean, truly, we deserve seven. But that's just how the know, league is. I know. I <laughs>
3: know. Yeah. We deserve seven. But if you give us five, we'll take it. And the aces <laughs> go back to back five games. That's my my that's my having
2: she, yes. to resist. A, that's what she said in that moment. I, I'm sorry, Jordan. I just I, I like I. <laughs> Uh, it's not. I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud that that's my <laughs> instinct. I'm not proud that that's where my brain goes to. But you know, what? let's get back to talking about basketball. <laughs> Enough of this. Now, the, I believe that, um, and I'm sure you've been to games at the Barclays Center. They are definitely selling tickets for the entire stadium. Like I was looking at ticket prices, and I think usually it is the lower bowl that is sold. Oh right. yeah. But for the finals, and I think they did it's for the playoffs, everywhere. But the
0: finals, it's the whole thing. Yeah,
2: and it's like. Even to just get into the arena is I don't know a hundred dollars on the secondary market, and that to me is just awesome. But like so people good. are excited about yeah. it, like it's a cool vibe for sure.
3: It's so cool just to see the growth, and I think Aces too just have the the most growth in their fan base like year mm-hmm. over year, um, just growing. They had a couple games at T-Mobile Arena, because usually they're at Michelob Ultra Arena. Um, it's growing. People they are should play excited. In the sphere. People want to watch. <laughs> I know. <No. laughs> Let's do it. No, I I think it's so cool. And I love what you said, too, about kind of those homegrown fans. But, man, New York, I don't think I have to tell you guys. They are like, what? We have a team in the finals? Like, what's going on? We have a possibility Uh... to win something? Like, the whole city is is turning out. And there's going to be so many celebrities there. I think this is just... That's why I was always for super teams. Like, yeah. I want good games, but this is just growing the league for yeah. years and years to come. And so many eyes, so many new fans. The level of entry to WNBA fandom is right there. When you see all, I think there's five number one draft picks all going to be on the court at one time with with both of these teams. So, I just want new fans to come. I want old fans who were at the very first Liberty game to be like, "Wow, we are people back who went in the to finals. the West."
0: Chester County Community yes. Center. People I've been saw there them for games. Radio City Music Hall. <laughs> yes,
2: yes. Yes. Like
3: so many levels <laughs> yeah. of New York Liberty fandom to be back in the finals, like historic wise, is so cool. So cool.
2: Yeah. And I agree. I think it's a great thing that the two teams that spent probably the most money and put the most like infrastructure and effort into creating a good environment for their players. I mean, we talked a lot about the WNBA's. Uh, I mean, we talked a lot about the Aces a uh, brand new practice facility that is like far and away the most state of the art in in the league. And that's great. I think teams should mm-hmm. be rewarded for spending money. I always, as, it's a ongoing joke that we make baseball references here, but I hate it when people like fetishize the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland athletics. It's like, it's not cool to spend no money on things. Like.
3: <laughs> right, yeah.
2: So I, yeah. yeah, I'm all for
0: I it. I think it'd be great if we would set the tone. That, like, look, if you spend money on the team, the team will be good. Mm-hmm. And, Jordan, you mentioned earlier WNBA growth. And today, the WNBA official account quote tweeted someone yeah. saying expand the league. And they said something like we heard you
2: or something.
3: Uh, yeah, they're trolling us. They're
2: trolling you us. Really? Oh. Oh, all of our, oh, all of our
3: group, group chats are going crazy. I'm like, you have a week <sighs> until the finals. You got to do something and they are just making something up. Here's the thing, though, that gets me excited because the Warriors have said Mm -hmm, that they are mm -hmm. excited about bringing a, a WNBA team to the Bay Area. They would be based in Oakland. They would have a practice facility in Oakland, but they would play at the Chase Center in San Francisco. And when I was reading that article, again, from The Athletic, Marcus Thompson wrote that story. They said there could be an announcement In October. So it is October 3rd that we are recording this. So Uh that's where it kind of maybe could be something. But this is just goes against everything that the W has been telling us for the past couple years is that we've had a hundred teams. Now we're down to fifty cities. And now we're down to twenty cities. And then it's just like, okay, these are the first people that wrote the check. So you're the you're the first spot. You're the number one spot. So I'm like, what happened to those other cities? Are we gonna get more than one? Is this still the Bay Area team that Damian Lillard's mom was a part of trying to bring? That was a couple hmm. years ago. So I have so many questions, but I think that they are stalling because we don't have finals content until a week. So now they're just oh so us.
0: it's just do something. To muster up excitement until. That's my, yeah, that's my take. That's my take.
3: Uh, Not trying to get to, I'm not getting excited about expansion until there is like a graphic and a mascot and a sign signature (laughs) that I can see the ink is dried. Like then I'll get excited about expansion. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm excited of the prospect of it whenever it does happen because it is so wild just mm-hmm. that there are so many good players that just don't find their way onto rosters when you have people getting taken even in the second round of the draft and then they don't make the team it's just so bizarre where it's like clearly we need more spots for some of these great players if they want to play in the w and hopefully the fandom can continue to grow and there are people who want to put money into teams and i think adam you make a good point like This season proved more than any, hey, if you pour money into the team, at least in the current state of the league, your results are pretty good, and yeah. hopefully, this would encourage more money coming into the league, grow the league, more fans. Like it's one of those things where it's just it's just a cycle. So yeah. I hope we get expansion, but I'm I'm glad you've you've tempered those excitements So yeah. I don't get yeah. my hopes just up low, too much. Lower it. Well, <laughs> well, it's
3: just gonna be a huge <laughs> announcement like tomorrow, but I I still want <laughs> to. We're putting a team lower. in
0: Houston. The comments are back, baby. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the low. I just want to lower the bar, and this is more for <laughs> myself, just so I don't get super excited, but. Well, there's there's a couple things that I want to say to that really quick. Because I feel like a whole podcast episode could just be on expansion. But Mm -hmm. I think before we even get to more cities, we need to add the roster spots. There's a limited number of roster spots that teams have where I think if you add two more roster spots to every single team, that is so many more players that don't get cut, okay. right? That's more money going into each roster rather than getting a whole nother team, again, with a limited number of roster spots. So I think mm-hmm. there's still an expansion conversation where it's okay. not necessarily a city. So that's that's one part. What is two, the current
0: roster size?
3: Um, I believe it is is twelve. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty small compared Mm -hmm. to the
0: NBA is like 14. And then you have two way players that can go back and forth between the league and the G League. Exactly.
3: Because you have the 12 and then if three people are injured, then now you're getting into hardship contracts and you don't Mm -hmm. have practice players like pay practice players to just be there in case somebody gets injured. Like that's an expansion. That would be growth for the WNBA. So that's what I stand on always. And then I was able to see that practice facility in Las Vegas. It is absolutely gorgeous. It is a lot of money, millions of dollars designed by women. Like, it, it is incredible. And this is going to start the trend of exactly what you guys are talking about. The Aces went back to back. Is it because they have a multi-million dollar practice facility (laughs) that they don't have to ask to rent out and they can get shots and they have weights and they have a... Yes, that is the reason. (laughs) That is absolutely the reason. And if you talk to Aces players, they say that. This is why we're winning games because we can get shots up whenever we want. Like the basic baseline. Um, I talked about in one of the episodes in Queens of the Court about charter flights and how in the NBA, you know, you think, oh, every team just had charter flights. You know, that was just a given. That's what they've had from the beginning. No, it was the bad boy Pistons where the owner bought a plane and said, I'm tired of them flying commercials, so we're going to do this. And then they went to the NBA Finals and the other owners were like, okay, we're also going to buy a plane because this seems like it works. So the owners want to be able to one-up each other. And that's what needs to happen in the W for that growth to happen. Or else if you keep letting these owners write off WNBA teams as taxes or a charity case, then that's going to be the the brand. If you make people like Mark Davis say, I want money, this is an investment. I'm going to grow more money here. You have Tom Brady officially signing on to the Aces because he sees dollar signs behind it. Dwayne Wade getting in on the Chicago Sky being like, I want to make money off of this. Once we start getting that notion around the WNBA that you can make money if you invest in this league, then it's only up from here.
0: All right. Well, you heard it here first. Pit billionaires against each other. yeah, And it'll make us all benefit. (laughs) I'm still just thinking about Bill Lambeer cramming his big ass into economy. (laughs) (laughs) WNBA coach Bill Lambeer. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Jordan, thank you so much. This is delightful. It's always a joy to have you on the pod. Obviously, we've talked about Queens of the Court, but if people want to find you doing anything, hear you talking about WNBA or other things because you got the Pac-12 stuff, where can people find you?
3: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Jordan Liggins or on Twitter at HeyJordanR.
0: Fantastic. Well, Jordan, thank you again. And we are very excited to see how the finals play out and we'll see if your prediction of aces and five holds true and you know Lord we'll, just we'll give just us five to, games
2: whatever the outcome. Just please, I just I don't would care. love it, it just, I know <laughs> I want
3: five games at a buzzer beater we deserve this we have yes. been through 40 games in the regular season we deserve this <laughs> thank you for Thanks having so much.
2: me thank you of course thank you
0: listening to this episode of Horse Horse, Horse is hosted by Adam Mabawala and Mike Schubert our editors Kensei Saramaki the website is by Kelly Schubert the music is by Bettina Kappamanas the art is by Allison Wakeman and the social media is
2: by both of the Horse Boys thank you to our producer level patrons Polly Burge Kendra Hadley Salvatore Testa Siobhan Ellsbury don't go chasing taco falls bang bang roast beef debris how about them world NBA-ish yeah. champions Denver steam nuggets Anna Reed Steph Curry claims to eat Subway but come on now chomp chomp indeed Uh, Hi Trish, Nicole, Shepard, Chase Underula, Mr. Bubbles Plays Ball, Naked Rachel, Josh Isn't Rich, Sidney Crosby is a Vampire, and for the first time ever this week, Chelsea's Cousin. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Horse Hoops and on Twitter at Horse underscore Hoops because... Horse Hoops, that account was run by that person who put Asia Wilson forth. I what knew
0: you, you were going to say that. I knew it. What do you I knew do? It. What do
2: you do? <sighs> it's, just egregious. It baffles me. I don't get it. It's the same <laughs> as when someone, like, there's going to be a unanimous Hall of Fame vote and one person doesn't. Like, it, you're just being a troll.
0: The one person who didn't vote Jeter because they were like, no one should be unanimous if Babe Ruth wasn't. Yeah. Good thing. yeah. Silly,
2: silly, silly. <laughs> Silly indeed. But you can go to our website, horsehoops.com for links to many of the things we talked about today, uh, including Damian Lillard's farewell to Blazers fans and much, much more.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you want to support the Horse Boys, you can do so in a couple of ways. You can go to patreon.com horsehoops and you can get access to a whole bunch of content such as the thing Adam and I are going to try to keep coming every other week, which is our little video talks. We had the one about Dame trade the morning after it happened. You can hear what I sound like two minutes after I wake up if you want to get a little load of Mike Schubert morning voice and uh, we'll be keeping those going, you know, with WNBA final stuff or other basketball NBA offseason things, whatever that be. Then you can also go to poor merch slash you can get digital merchandise. You can get some nerds, T-shirts, lots of good stuff there. And also, you can just tell folks about us. And that's a great way to support us. Word of mouth does a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, we never ask
2: for it. Give us some, uh, you know, like us and give us a nice rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to this. Truly, whether you
0: tell someone in person or you post about the show on social media, that really does help. So any way you spread
2: the show, that is much appreciated. Yeah, maybe you went to college with Mike and you want to tell your cousin about it. I mean, who's to say?
0: Who is to say? But now we're gonna put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three uh, to cheer Ooh, for something. I, I got, I got oh. you. Okay. Oh,
2: sorry, I didn't mean to step on your toes there. No, no, no. Maybe we're gonna think of the same thing. What are you saying? Well, I think we agreed with Jordan that we just want a five-game series. That's so what I was than, saying. I was than gonna say, say aces or liberty. I think we just say someone in five on three.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. Someone, uh, someone in five. Oh wait, what about this? We are cheering for five games so what if we say four five after one two three <laughs> so we're saying one two three
2: four five okay I think that works I think that works all right
0: one two three,
2: four, four, five. Five.
0: <laughs> uh, m- One of my favorite things I used to do on my college intramural sports teams if we had a team thing I would always put our hands in the middle and say let's say four on the count of three so then you go one two three four <laughs> that is I-, I like that a lot